It's time. It's time. It's time. Time to wake up. DJ Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for like news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do just because y'all always keep it 100. Y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Andy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Yes, it's Wednesday Hump Day. How you feeling out there? I'm blessed, black and highly favored. They take Hump Day serious in this room. Cause soon as Envy walks in, he goes, "Good morning, Bay." And then Dramos looks at me and blows me a kiss. Man. And I'm just like, man, this room is wild. Okay? What are you talking <laughs> I, about? I appreciate the love, but Jesus Christ, this room is wild. What Y'all take you? hump day a little too literal around here. What are you here. talking about? Anybody blow them kiss? You got a leather mask on? It's not leather. What's wrong with you guys? This guy okay, got on a leather mask, bro. We're not doing nah. FNM Wednesdays. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> Goodness I, I didn't sign up for this. They get kinky over now, here. Now, there's Dr. Fauci ain't say nothing about no leather mask. I ain't see the CDC say <laughs> nothing up, about man. no leather mask. This I said they say here. you should double up on the surgical mask and the cloth mask. But not no, I, I wear a surgical mask and a cloth mask over it. But leather? Okay. Wow. That's you got styles. a ball in your mouth, too? Let me see. Pull it down. <laughs> Pull it down. Let's see, Dramos. This guy here, man. Oh, Good morning. How's everybody feeling out there? You good? Good morning. You know what? Um, Shout to New Jersey. I don't know. I know a lot of places are still uh, open. I know a lot of places haven't opened up as of yet. But yesterday was the first day I was actually allowed to go to my son's basketball game. You know, usually you got to watch it. They, you know, through your phone, they live stream it, which is sucky because, you you know, you can't yell. You can't scream. So yesterday was the first day that um, I was able to go to Logan's game, which is pretty cool. Congratulations. Well, shout out to our Brooklyn Nets. Pretty cool, pretty yesterday. cool. Yesterday. I don't know if game? anybody watched the game. No, but wow. I watched it on TV. How they do? They were, they were losing by 24, and then they came back and won. Okay. And Kevin Durant wasn't playing. Kyrie Irving wasn't playing. So James Harden managed to do that with the Nets. They played the Suns too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Suns got a, Suns got a pretty good squad. Why didn't they play? Yeah, it was an amazing play? game. It was injured or... Uh, yeah, I think Kevin Durant is injured, and yeah, both of them are out. Kyrie uh, had back issues. Uh, okay. A shout out to them. Now, today, uh, Earn Your Leisure will be joining us this morning. The Earners. Now, Earn Your, Le- your Leisure, Rashid two brothers Troy. that do a podcast to talk about financial freedom and generational wealth through uh, many different streams, whether it's uh, through real estate, whether it's through stocks and bonds, whether it's through trucking, whether it's through vending machines. Uh, they just talk about how you can make money outside of your normal, normal, typical, two. you know, whatever it is, being yeah, a rapper two of the most. or, you know, being an athlete or whatever. They talk about a lot of just how people are making money. Yeah, two of the most financially literate people you'll ever meet, but more importantly, two of the most culturally competent people when it comes to discussing financial literacy. Mm-hmm. They're not talking over uh, our coaches' heads. You know what I mean? Correct. It's very easy, easily digestible. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so we'll kick it with them uh, next the hour. earners, earn your leisure. Mm-hmm. Now we got front page news coming up. What are we talking about? Yes, let's talk about Joe Biden. He had a town hall yesterday. We'll give you some of the takeaways. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. 
Where we starting at? Uh, well, let's start with Joe Biden's town hall from yesterday on CNN. So there were a lot of different things addressed here. One of the things he talked about was when will everybody be able to get a vaccine? Who wants one? Here's what he said. By the end of July, we'll have over 600 million doses, enough to vaccinate every single American. They also said by next Christmas is when things should be turned back to normal. Next now, Christmas thing- as in 2022? That he said next Christmas. That's what I was confused about. I'm yeah. like, I don't know if he means this Christmas, well, next Christmas. Yeah, it's still early in the year. So, you know, when it's still early in the year, you still think you in last year. So I'm, I'm thinking he meant this Christmas. I would hope. All right. Joe Biden also talked about defunding the police. You know, he's against it. Here's what he said. Not defunding the police. We have to put more money in so we have legitimate community policing. And we're in a situation where we change the legislation. No one should go to jail for a drug offense. They should go to drug rehabilitation. The idea that we don't have people in prison systems learning how to be mechanics, learning how to be cooks, learning how to have a profession when you get out. The idea that we deny someone who served their time access to Pell Grants, access to housing. I, I believe in all of that, but what do the police need more money for? What is more money going to do? Everybody in this room knows that money doesn't change people. It just multiplies whatever you are. Like, throwing more money at the problem of the police is not going to fix the police. But why we keep saying the same thing over and over again? That's the same thing he said when he was running for president. It's the same thing he's saying after. When when do we get to change? When do we get to actually He's not going to change. He's an old white male. He's 97 years old. He's not changing. (laughs) Now, here's what he had to say more. Obviously, we care a lot about defunding police, but being that there's been police brutality since police have existed and uh, racial profiling. So here's what he said. There has to be much more serious determination as to what the background and the attitudes of the recruit is, what their views are. There should be much more psychological testing because there is inherent prejudice built into the system as well. And we also need to provide for, and it's happening, more African-American and more Hispanic police officers. That's a fact. I mean, I, I do feel like, you know, you need more black and Hispanic police officers, but you need people that are actually from the community Bro, who understand the community. We've been saying this for years. What's, for years. what's the difference? That's a like, fact. What, what, like, I don't understand. You, you, get a, you, you have a press and, conference to say the same thing you've been saying for the last five years? Is well, people also have to want to be police officers. That's why with our um, Brooklyn Borough President, Eric Adams, he became a police officer because he felt the need for it after he was, as a teenager, you know, beat up him and his brother by the police. Yeah. And so... That makes it hard to want to be a police officer. And you have to uproot the system. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you know, go in and be a part of the same old system. Like the the thing started to root. You got to uproot the police system. The police system is flawed. It does not work. For black yeah, it's not going to be a lot of a lot of times they'll say police training, better police training. That hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Joe Biden also talked about uh, she, he talked to a mother who was concerned about her son who is high risk because right now they're not prioritizing younger people getting the vaccine. And here's what he said. Our 19 year old son was diagnosed with pediatric COPD at the age of 14. We're told he has the lungs of a 60 year old. We've tried all we can to get him a vaccine. I hear of others who are less vulnerable getting it based on far less. Do you have a plan to vaccinate those who are most vulnerable sooner? Well, the answer is yes, there are. But here's how it works. The states make the decisions. But here's what I'd like to do. If you're willing, I'll stay around after this is over and maybe we can talk a few minutes and see if I can get you some help. He did that a lot, too, as he was uh, talking to people because he's very long winded. 
So he'll say, well, let's talk afterward. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, right. you just got to realize Joe Biden is an old white male politician and old white males don't get it unless they allow themselves to get it. And he's just not as culturally competent as he thinks he is, because, you know, when you're still talking about black on black and Hispanic crime and you don't believe in defunding the police, you just got to keep pushing the line on politicians like that and get them to deal with the root cause of these issues. And to me, the root cause of the issue is poverty. Okay, black people were systemically put in these positions and we have to systemically be taken out to me. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up. Wake up. Wake your ass this is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? How's it going? My what's, name is Chadwick Oma. What's going on? Get hey, it off Cedric. your chest. Uh, yeah, I want to talk to uh, you guys about Atlanta rappers. Like, for some reason, we don't get a lot of love. Um, but right now, we got Jid, we got Nerf Gang, which was just on, and we got Deontay Hitchcock, who's coming up. And a lot of Atlanta rappers. I love Devontae. I mean, I love all yeah, those guys. Yeah. I love all those guys you just named. But I've been um, Devontae. I remember when Devontae just used to be rapping on Instagram years ago. So it's good to see him him thriving. Yeah, it's growing. It's a growing community. Like I grew up. You know, what I'm saying I'm '90s baby. I grew up. I saw a lot of. You know, what I'm saying the New York rappers growing up. But right now, Atlanta owning owning the game. What you mean, right now? How old are you? Uh, 28. Man, Atlanta been running the rap game for about that long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You right. I was born when Andre said we, the South got something to say. And and, so. and the South the South has not looked back since. Thank you, brother. You're right. You're right, you're right. That's hey, actually one of the most real, Go ahead, what'd you say? No, I was gonna say real quick, uh, I also wanted to shout out I have a mental health book. Um I wanna pass it on to Charlemagne. I wanna I have a mental health book that's focused on targeting the youth. Um What's it called? Like, uh, it's called Hardships Through Hardships. Oh it's man! On Amazon right now. I actually want to send it to all three of you all because, like, I, Charlemagne, I've read both of your books, um, audio book, because I like that's that's how I I best get it. And then DJ Envy, you know, what I'm saying the, the HBCU gang I'm from Alabama A&M, okay. you know, what I'm saying Go Bulldogs, and he she's the entrepreneur of the future. Like and like, so I want to send all y'all my books as well. I'd right, love to read it, it my brother. brother. We're gonna we're gonna put you on hold and hold get on. your address, man. I love to see young brothers um, discussing their the mental name, health. Say the name of the book, so anybody listening that might want to pick it up. I put him on hold. Oh, he said it. Guess he can't. <laughs> no, nah, he, he said the title. Yeah, something hardships, hardships, something hardships, hardships, yeah, hardships, the hardships, the hardships, the hardships, something. Hello, who's this? Yo, big chocolate to toe sucker. How oh, we doing? God. Oh Lord. Long time, long time. So listen, two quick things. One, the joke, and then something serious. Here's my joke. Oh what did Dracula say to Angela E. when they oh met? God. What? This feels... I have to bite your neck. Your booty's too flat for me to bite. <laughs> That's funny. So listen, so on a serious <laughs> note, guys, I may not be able to talk to you for a while. I'm glad you made yourself laugh. You said you can't. No, you said you're not going to be able to talk to us a while. You're going to jail for what type of sexual harassment? What What'd you say? Listen, sausage by the Yeah, please off. don't. Do you have a job? Because please don't go in your workplace making jokes like that. It'll be over for you. <laughs> I want you to pray for me. I got to have an operation on my mouth. And I may not be able <laughs> to God. for a while. I hope they sew it shut. Look at God. Okay. 
Every time. Way to God Almighty from the OK game. Man, God works in mysterious ways, don't he? Somebody gonna shut you up. I'm praying for us. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning. This is T from Minnesota. Hey, get it off your chest. I just want to say uh, to the families and people that's out there in Texas right now, the families that's dying from running their car in a garage and stuff, mm-hmm. I, I just can't, I don't understand how it's 2021 and people still don't know that it takes hours for you to die from carbon monoxide poisoning. You have to leave your garage open a little bit. You know, it's just really unfortunate and sad. But in Minnesota, it's like 10 times worse as far as the coat. I just I just want to say I'm, I feel really bad for those families, and I'm keeping them in my prayers. Absolutely. Me too, Mama. Thank yeah. you for calling. So sad. Yeah. All right. You guys have a good day. You too. Hello. Who's this? Yo, good morning, fam. You did envy. How's hey, it going? fam. How's everything? What's up, my G? How's it going, Angela Yee? What's up? Charlemagne the God. Peace, King. We're going on to the Superman from the 864. <laughs> 864 Upstate South Carolina. You already know. Just had to call in this morning because, man, I'm feeling so blessed with 2021. 2020 is gone. I'm saying came out with a new perspective on life and everything. And I also want to thank you for your book for Black Privilege. Man. Thank you, King. King. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you for for enjoying it, my brother. And also, if I can, real quick, just want to mention, coming out of 2020, came out with a new podcast. If I can go ahead and drop that on the show. Yeah, brother. It's the Tough Talk Podcast. We are available everywhere. Okay, we talk about various subjects from insecure men to when is it, you know, ready to move on to the next part of dating. We talk about a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? So we don't have a podcast, our heart media, everything. Okay. Dope. Thank you, brother. But I just want to appreciate y'all for everything y'all doing, especially being inducted to the uh, Hollywood, um, the music, Holly, uh, Radio, Radio Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Radio Hall of Fame, first ballot. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is a big brother from the Gump. What's up, big brother? Get it off your chest, bro. Yeah, I just want to say how proud I am, but when it comes down to making my music, I've been rapping for two years now, and I've come a pretty long way. I'm the uh, maker of the Charlemagne the God theme song. I don't know if y'all, if you remember my me calling in a while back. What's the theme song? What is it? I myself on the Breakfast Club a while back. What's the theme song, King? Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God. I just tagged y'all and added y'all on Twitter. Go check it out. It's not going to make me play it on the radio just because it's about me, sir. But I'm going to listen to it. I just want I, oh, I understand. I want you to check it out. I know you are love that. I want to check it out. Well, thank you, my brother. I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Y'all I have appreciate fun with that the romance, brother, right? Even if it's whack, I appreciate it. Oh, you're going to love that, my brother. Just go check it out. Just go check Twitter at No Relations 334. Big Brother from the Gump. Big, Big Brother, brother from, from the, the Gump. Gump. All right. Get it off your chest. 800 585 1051. Now we got rumors on the way. Yes, and we are going to talk about a new program that Facebook has launched for black creatives. Also, we'll be discussing Rick Ross and his NPR Tiny Desk concert that he did from home. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast What's Club. What's happening? Good morning. Good morning. Let's get to rumors. Let's talk Kendrick Lamar. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. 
Well, Kendrick Lamar's album Damn has now spent 200 weeks consecutively on Billboard's 200 charts. So... We need some new Kendrick music, by the way, but the album has never left the chart since it came out. Wow. Classic. Um, well, I am patiently waiting and anticipating Kendrick's latest offering, and hopefully he doesn't wait until Damn uh, is not on the charts to release it. Well, Good Kid, Mad City made history as the longest charting hip-hop album of all time. It spent 400 weeks on the Billboard 200, and it's still on the charts after 433 weeks. My favorite Kendrick album is The Pimp Butterfly. Classic, phenomenal body of work, but I mean... Good really? Kid, Mad City was in. They're all out. Yeah, yeah they're all, all dope. But my, my my personal favorite is the uh, the Pimper Butterfly. But mm -hmm. I am patiently waiting and anticipating Kendrick's latest offering. All right, now Facebook has launched the Black Creator Accelerator program called We the Culture. It's a new content initiative that's created and managed by a team of Black employees that invests in and amplifies content from Black creators. Some of the people who they are working with, um, Danielle Young, and I Get Dressed. They also worked with Storm Reed, and that's one of the first shows. It's called Chop It Up. Uh, Vanessa Simmons has a show called Asking for a Friend. I have my show called Mastery of Comedy that's about to come out also. And We the Culture came out of Facebook's announcement that they would be investing $200 million to support Black-owned businesses and organizations, including $25 million for Black content creators. They also did a partnership with All Deaf Digital as well. And according to the CEO, Cedric Rogers, he says All Deaf has over 15 million viewers and his content pulls in over 600 million video views monthly. And he does credit Facebook's program to help the company learn and share best practices for content production and distribution. How much money is it? Uh, $25 million towards these black creators, but investing $200 million to support black-owned businesses and organizations. Yeah, we need more. Good, it's good. It's a good it's a start. start. It's well, good they start. actually, they actually start. have, they've actually already um, invested more. They had earmarked that amount of money, but they've already exceeded the amount of money they've earmarked. Yeah, because you got this is a company that's got a net worth of $527 billion. Dollars and for you know the way black people make a lot of these social platforms ring off. We need we need a lot more than that. It's decent, but yeah. five, come on. When you're worth five hundred and twenty-seven billion, it's a start. It's a start. Yeah. They're stepping in the right direction. It's a pinky toe. Yeah, but they've already too. exceeded that. Yeah, and I will say the team that they have working on this is pretty amazing because they do have all black people that are working on it and working with us. They did a good job, and they let you have a lot of freedom in what you want to do. Except that they do have a lot of um restrictions as far as the type of content you what know you what mean? i'm saying like facebook? certain words well certain words that you can't use like as far as curse words and on facebook? any type of yeah for Jesus the stuff Christ. that they're funding yes they definitely do because there's a lot of kids on facebook yeah but all of that free content that's just raunchy and the people say whatever the hell they want how they want and they're gonna they're, they're not the funding it creators <laughs> But that's but think about it, right? If yeah. I'm a consumer of Facebook and I'm used to getting my content a certain way, if you're funding, you know, watered down content, like you know, what's the? They what don't want you saying like that? the f. They don't want you saying like the f word. You can make content without doing that. Fornication under consent of the king. What's the point of talking on Facebook if you can't say the f word? But you can do that all day on Facebook, right? If you make you your can own posts. It. Yeah, you can do whatever you want personally. Mm, but they ain't, they ain't gonna allow it. Right. Gotcha. All right. Now, Rick Ross has been trending over his NPR Tiny Desk concert, and his set list included songs like Super High, BMF, Aston Martin Music, I'm Not a Star, F of Me, You Know I Got It, and all of that. He had a live band, um, and people were really feeling it. It was pretty good. Listen to a snippet. Big, big. 
Y'all love acting like Rick Ross, not one of the greatest hip-hop artists of all time, with an amazing ear. One of the best ears ever in the history of our culture. But y'all love acting like he not. Rick Ross is a GOAT. Drop on the clues bombs for Rick Ross, damn it. Who said Ross wasn't? Yeah, that's why he was trending yesterday. People were like, Rick Ross is top five. They yes. were saying that it went really hard. It was he an really, amazing set list. He really is up there. I don't know where, where you would rank Ross, but Ross is absolutely positively one of the greatest uh, to ever do it. All right, Kendall Jenner is launching her new tequila. It's called 818 Tequila. She announced this uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And she said it's been a years long journey for her. She posted for almost four years. I've been on a journey to create the best tasting tequila after dozens of blind taste tests, trips to our <laughs> distillery, entering into oh, world boy. tasting competitions anonymously and winning. Three and a half years later, I think we've done it. This is all we've been drinking for the last year. And I can't wait for everyone else to get their hands on this to enjoy it as much as we do. They're giving everybody a tequila company. Yeah, huh? in a minute, the Mexicans going to build their own wall to keep y'all out. <laughs> y'all keep going over there poaching all their damn tequila. I see that's The Rock. Who else has one? I see Kevin Hart. LeBron James. LeBron James. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Kendall uh, Jenner. Uh, George, George Clooney. Man. George Clooney. George Clooney got uh, <laughs> Casamigos. I'm going to tell you something. Though. My favorite tequila. Diddy got Deli on. Diddy. My, my favorite tequila, without a doubt, is Casa Dragones Añejo. Absolutely. Casa Dragones Añejo is by far the Hands down. best tequila. Hands and I'm a tequila guy. No, I, that's my drink of choice, but I'm on the Deli on. All right. Now, Larry King's widow is contesting his handwritten will. <laughs> And it's getting pretty nasty. So that's his seventh wife, Sean Southwick King. She says that he was no longer pushing their divorce case and reconciliation was possible before he died. And, you know, he left all his money. He left nothing to her and left everything to his kids. So now she's contesting that. She said he suffered a stroke around the time he hand wrote his latest will. And she's arguing that he had questionable mental capacity at the time. Yeah, I mean... I mean what? You're the seventh wife. What are you really entitled to? I mean, and they were about to get a divorce. We don't know what their relationship was like. How long were they married? I don't know, but you're the seventh wife. Come on, it depends. How what long do you they expect to get? It depends. If six months. Oh, no, how long were they married? I don't know. <laughs> Larry King was out. <laughs> Larry King was older. Seventh wife. Eh. All the money should go to the kids. They should go to the kids. Yeah, and the kids. Well, it the, is the, right now. Yeah. And and yeah, I can't see nothing else. I guess the mother of the kids, maybe, but I would say the kids. Give the money to the kids, man. These things are difficult. Listen, let me tell you, I'm having all kinds of family drama right now when, um, from uh, my step-grandmother passing away. So it's, that's why it's so important to know what you want to do and who you want to leave your money to and have a will. But even then, people are always contesting it and trying to take your money, and I'm sure a lot of families have gone through things like that. So <laughs> Larry King said you shall greatest, see what happens. Larry King said the best question you can always ask is why. Is why. Mm -hmm. So that's what yeah. I would ask the seventh wife. Why, why? do you deserve it? See, I'm an only child. Why? I ain't got to do that. Why should you get left something? Everything comes to me. I'm the only my mom's the only. My mom's an only child, and my grandfather got married again, and the woman's son is trying to take everything, even though it was supposed to be split between them. You don't even claim the seventh <laughs> wife is family. You can't come to no family reunions. <laughs> that ain't my, ain't that, that ain't my in-law, nothing, really know no cousin. You're the seventh wife. Like, come on, man. When a man right, gets well, married that... seven times, at what point do you stop taking the wives seriously? <laughs> <laughs> After the third? Dad, like, oh, he's married one? again. Yeah, whatever. Well, that's your rumor report. All right. Well, when we come back, front page is what we talking about. Uh, let's talk about the mayor of Atlanta, Le uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms. The NBA All-Star Game is supposed to be March 7th, but she don't want you there. All right, we'll talk about it when we come That's back. That's you, Envy. It's the Breakfast Too Late. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. And good morning to our newest family member, too. Uh, 
Power 100.9, Albuquerque's hip-hop and R&B. Good morning and welcome oh, we, to the family. We on in Albuquerque? Yes. Albuquerque done joined the club. Drop on the clues bombs for Albuquerque. What's that? We're 100 plus, 100 what markets now? Uh, I think we're in the 109, I thought it was, or 110, I thought. I'm Look at sure. God. Look at God. Look at God. Thank you, God. Oh, for having such a sense of humor to put this little ghetto-ass show in 110 markets. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's get into some front-page news. Where we starting, ye? Well, don't go to Atlanta for All-Star Weekend, or, well, just the All-Star Game and the skills competition that's happening on March 7th. And the mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms in Atlanta, has raised some concerns. She said people should not travel to Atlanta to party. Under normal circumstances, we would be extremely grateful for the opportunity to host the NBA All-Star Game. But this is not a typical year. I have shared my concerns related to public health and safety with the NBA and Atlanta Hawks. We are in agreement that this is a made-for-TV event only, and people should not travel to Atlanta to party. She also also said there will be no NBA sanctioned events open to the public and the city strongly encourages nope. local businesses not to host events in the city related to this game. Nope, 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 nope. Your, your team was one of the only teams that opened up their arenas early for play for people to come watch the game. You guys have been open for New Year's, Labor Day, President's Day, Martin Luther King Day. You've been open for every other uh uh, experience out there, so y'all gonna be open for this one too. Yeah, I respect Keisha Lance Bottoms, and her last name is perfect to be mayor of Atlanta. But this feels like too little, too late. Nope. All right, the president has been open. set. Yeah, the president's been set. Atlanta been wide open for months. That's probably why the NBA decided to have it there. So it's kind of hard to change a player's game in the ninth inning. Is she right? Yeah, but it's like the president's been set. Y'all should have been had Atlanta, you know, uh, more restricted than it is. And especially with businesses hurting right now, with people coming to the city, this is a chance to start making some more money. Nah, those businesses are open. Yeah. Sorry. People are moving to Atlanta right now. Yeah. It's crazy. But, you know, I listen, just stay safe, everybody. Please. Crime and All COVID right. will definitely be up after yeah. NBA All-Star Weekend mm-hmm. in uh, Atlanta. All right, now there are uh, some takeaways from Joe Biden's CNN town hall. We did some of them earlier. We talked about vaccinations. We talked about how he does not want to defund the police. Uh, Other things that were discussed, he actually answered a question from a young audience member, Layla. I believe she's in second grade, and she had a question about dying from COVID. My children, Layla, eight here, and my son, Mateo, seven at home, um, often ask if they will catch COVID, and if they do, will they die? Well, first of all, honey, kids don't get COVID very often. It's unusual for that to happen. You're not likely to be able to be exposed to something and spread it to mommy or daddy. And it's not likely mommy and daddy are able to spread it to you either. So I wouldn't worry about it, baby. I promise you. Don't be scared. You're going to be fine. We're going to make sure mommy's fine, too. Where do you get that information from? How would Trump have said that? Trump would have said, the kids will be fine. You'll die, but your kids will be fine. (laughs) Well, he said it's not likely they should get it. Isn't it a lot less likely for kids? Yeah, but I know a lot of people that that actually got it from their kids, that kids went to school, got it, and that's how they received it. That's how they got it. So it can happen. Right, it can. Yeah, absolutely. They said it's just it's less likely for kids. I don't know. I do remember. I do feel like um, I do remember when Trump said uh, kids are almost immune from COVID. People jumped down his throat and got mad at him. So you do see the double standard in the media. No, a lot of kids are getting it. That's why they've been closing the schools the way they've been closing it and cleaning out the schools. Kids are getting it. Like I said, kids at my my uh, my 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 smaller kids, elementary kids, a bunch of those kids got it. Kids at my high school and my son's high school, seven players on his team got it. Like, kids are getting it. I know, I do. But I, I just remember last summer, Trump Trump said, you know, kids are unlikely to catch coronavirus. He said, I think he said kids are almost immune from coronavirus. 
And they jumped down his throat from that. So you, I'm just saying, you see the double standard wait, wait, in the media. Wait, was that before or after he said that if you use bleach, it'll help you? That was before, actually. <laughs> That's the reason why. <laughs> no, that was, no, that was before he said the bleach thing. Yeah, that was in August. All right. In addition, the conversation also turned to minimum wage and raising that minimum wage to $15 an hour. The vast majority of the economists and their studies that show that by increasing the minimum wage to $15 an hour, it could have an impact on a number of businesses, but it would be de minimis, et cetera. Here's the deal. It's about doing it gradually. We're at $7.25 an hour. No one should work 40 hours a week and live in poverty. He's absolutely right. And I'm, I'm wrong. Trump said the bleach thing in April. He said the child thing in August. Right. All right. Well, those are just some takeaways from the town hall yesterday. And they're going to increase minimum wage. Well, I think, well, first of all, in certain places, it is higher. Like in New York, it's $11 an hour if you have employees, if you have, I think, 11 or more. And if you have 10 or less employees, it's $10.50 an hour. Mm -hmm. So for small businesses, it's a little bit less. So I think it depends because obviously it's really expensive to live in New York as compared to other places. Mm -hmm. And so right now that's what it is. But there's no federal minimum wage of $15. So they're talking about doing that gradually. Hmm. But we'll see what happens. They got to pass that. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Now, when we come back, we're going to speak to the brothers from the Earn Your Leisure podcast and Earn Your Leisure University. Now, if you don't know what Earn Your Leisure is, they're a bunch of uh, two brothers. um, Rashad and Troy. Who started a podcast to talk about financial freedom and generational wealth. Not just one way of doing it, though. They talk about everything from real estate. They talk about stocks and bonds. They talk about trucking, about the vending business. They try to break it down to help people get into different businesses. So it's not just you're looking at athletes and rappers and producers and DJs. You're looking at different ways of making money and financial freedom so you don't have to necessarily have a boss. Yeah, they're two of the most financially literate people you're going to ever come across, man. And uh, more importantly, they're very culturally competent, so they know how to talk to us about our finances. All right, and we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests in the building. Yes, indeed. They just signed over with Charlemagne's, uh, or partnered up with no, Charlemagne's. No, we partnered. <laughs> okay. Black Effect Network. <laughs> we have the brothers from Earn Your Leisure. What's up, brothers? What's going, What's going on? on? What's How's going everything? On? Good, man. How you doing, bro? I'm alive. good. I'm good. I'm good. So if you don't know, break down who both of you individuals are individually and, and how you guys got together. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Rashad. Um, my partner, Troy. Yeah, yeah. So um, we started Earn Your Leisure's financial literacy business platform. And it really started like two years ago. The quick story is that I'm a financial advisor by trade. Mm-hmm. Troy is my best friend in life. He's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And he was teaching in the Bronx. And, um, you know, he was always trying to get me to <laughs> go into the school and teach to the kids. And I'm like, I never understood why he wanted to be a teacher. That's like, like inmate me. breaking back into jail. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, he, he used to tell me every time, like, yo, you went to school your whole life to go back? That don't even make no sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, nah. I was like, nah, we, we got a mission we got to be on. That's a fact. But now nah, I... I Long story short, I taught the kids and, you know, really just realized how important financial literacy was, how much, like, people didn't know. Mm -hmm. And even me being a financial advisor working with clients realized how people didn't know anything about finances at all. So that led to us developing a six-week program um, in the summer for kids. I'm serious, man. So many people don't know what they're talking about, but they try to... Sound financially literate and they just stupid. <laughs> so it's good to have people from the culture who know how to talk finances. How did y'all figure out a way to intertwine it so that messaging 
is digestible for people. Yeah, I mean, it was commonplace for us, really. You know, I, I'm coming from an education background, so finance wasn't my thing. And so I would be in conversation with him and a, a couple of other friends. And it's like, you never want to be the guy that can't be in the conversation. And so you got to go back and, and learn. And so when we started talking like that, it was like, all right, this is cool. Um, and then we started teaching kids, like he said. And then we realized, like, the kids were learning, but they were also telling their parents. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, wait. We can teach two people at the same time, right? If I teach a kid something, he goes home, now the parents know. And so when we started talking um, about the podcast, Shai was doing like interviews on other people's platforms. And they were like, wait, this is really good stuff. Like, where's the extended dialogue? Like, do you have your own? And so he came one day, we was at my house. He was like, yo, you want to start a podcast? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And so right away, we were like, we're going to make it in our language because that's what we do. We do, That's how we talk, right? We mm -hmm. don't have perfect diction. Uh, we, we don't sound like we came from the Wharton Business School. No disrespect for anybody that went there. But it was like, there's more people that sound and look like us. So we're going to those people will gravitate to us. And that was really the plan. We just embrace who we are. So, mm -hmm. you know, we, we talk about finance. We talk finance. We, we wear our own merch, sweaters. You know, hoodies, you know, sneakers. We, we're not trying to yeah. be like, you know, ascots and all that. No disrespect to anybody mm -hmm. that does all, that, but that's just, business, no suits. That's not who I am. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not who we are. So they see us talking just like we're in a barbershop, mm -hmm. but it's high level finance. So it's interesting. And it's like, okay. And then we bring, you know, entrepreneurs and investors on that know what they're talking about. So, <laughs> you know, it just, it's just, it's just the whole vibe. You know, and another thing I, I love the podcast is I, I get to, you know, because a lot of this stuff is, is, you don't learn growing up, right? Mm -hmm. I went to college. They don't teach you this in college. They don't. There's certain things they don't teach you. My daughter's finally, you know, her major is real estate and 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 invest in real estate. But like uh, the the brother that was on there, I'm looking for now. The the, the guy with trucking, right? Oh, oh Alex, oh, Alex, shout, Alex out shout out to Alex. Good energy, right? So when you go to the podcast, there's so many different brothers. It's not just real estate. It's not just stocks. It's different brothers and different people from our community that's making money. Now, there's one brother. The reason it intrigued me so much is because during the quarantine and pandemic, everything was shut down. But this brother was still making money because the roads were up because his trucks were delivering food and delivering, you know, pampers and delivering supplies to all these different places. And he continued to make money, but his initial investment wasn't a lot. Yeah. And and the fact that you got uh, uh, teaching people these things is, is what makes me love this podcast well, you, so much. You know, it's so crazy that you say that and shout out to Alex. And um, that's, it's a great networking tool. So for us, I feel like it's we get to network with some of the brightest minds in every single industry. Like he said, mm -hmm. stocks, real estate, trucking it's not just one thing specific so and then of course we would be stupid if we didn't utilize those resources so we got our truck we just, we just <laughs> yeah. got our truck shout out yeah. to alex he's, he's holding our hand through it we got an 18 wheeler out in atlanta with our emojis on it eyl university earn your leisure all plastered inside wow. so it's crazy just like mg the mortgage guy shout out to mg um we matt, to, matt bit up here mm -hmm. yeah we about to get a bunch of real estate properties with matt he's helping us out like Stock, Wall Street traffic, like so. A lot of the people that we actually develop relationships with are actually mentoring us and helping us. Actually, so we're learning as we go too. So yeah. this trucking thing is so interesting because us because it's like coming from New York. I never looked at owning a truck as a viable option. Like you know, I just saw trucks on the road, but you never think yeah. about like Get out the way who actually owns <laughs> crazy because growing up down south, that's what it was about. Get your CDL license, be a truck driver. Yeah, New York. Yeah, was but, but, but we're not talking about owner. driving. We talking about owning yeah. a truck. But yeah. that's the point. You get your CDL and you buy a truck. Mm -hmm. Like Wax brother owned a couple of a uh, couple of trucks. What was what was your favorite podcast? We learned the m the most about things. Wow, I think. Matt's uh, episode was crazy um, because he was talking about real estate and we were sitting in my house and that strategy he had talked about creating that 4321, right? Live in, a, in a one apartment, rent out the third, go on to the next thing, live in a uh, three bedroom, 
or three apartments, living once, to rent out the two. And I'm sitting in my house like, wait, this is an amazing strategy. Like, nobody told us this, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, his was important to me just because we filmed it in my house when he's talking about these strategies. I think Wall Street Trappers episode 44 was important. Alex, Mobile Homes. Mm -hmm. It was the first couple that we had. Mobile Homes was dope, yeah. And um, that was something that I had never thought. So trucks was something we never thought about. But the only time we spoke about Mobile Homes was when we looked at 8 Mile. Mm -hmm. It was like, yo, that's 8 Mile. That's trailer park trash. And it was like... This is a business. Yep. And so when that they came... That or the only time, you know, um, Charlemagne cut a hole in his mobile home and would masturbate through that hole. Uh, <laughs> you, know that? <laughs> you never did that? That never... Well, it did happen. Right, it right. happened in that way. <laughs> like, it was just like he just said it so crazy. Go ahead, continue That's on, not exactly uh, what happened. So that episode was so important because first it was the first couple and, and we got to watch them grind from the bottom and make it to get in mobile homes. But the most important thing is when we did that, it was like a year and a half ago, they had spoke about their ambition to own a park one day. Mm -hmm. And so a year later, not only did they get a park, they own four parks. Yeah. Wow. And so we got to watch the growth. We sat with them in the in the hood in Chicago and um, watched them grow their mm -hmm. business and their personal life. And it's like, you know, this is incredible. Yeah, like, sure. this is what we need to see. And then back to the part where you said that we not, we're not taught about this. Being in education, I'm sitting in the school knowing that these kids are not going to learn any of the things that I'm talking about. So at a certain point, it was like, are we complicit in this? And so we had to make a decision. Like you said, in the summer, it was like, we're going to teach the kids the things that they didn't learn in school. So we taught those six weeks like it was a 10 months of school that they never got. And now we're starting to see the the, the offsprings of that. We're seeing 14-year-olds wanting to get into the vending machine business, which is incredible. We're seeing kids talking about trucking because they saw us do it. It's incredible. So the trajectory of their lives are going to change forever because of something that we thought of and had an idea. I would say that it started with an idea and an iPhone. And now look what it's turned into. All right, we got more with Rashad Bilal and Troy Millings when we come back from the Earn Your Leisure podcast. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. We got the brothers from the Earn Your Leisure podcast with us this morning. Charlemagne? Do you think the black community is beginning to receive enough access to financial literacy? Absolutely. I feel like um, financial literacy is a, is a snowball that's turned into an avalanche. Envy, no, I've been to Envy um, seminar. It was 2,500 people in Jersey. Mm -hmm. Then they did the next, the, that same night, they did 1,500. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. So, like, financial literacy is something that is extremely, extremely in vogue right now in our community, and it's a good thing, and hopefully it's here to stay. Yeah. But it scares me, though. I'm going to tell you why it scares me. It scares me when, when people say things and tell people things and they don't know the the, the, the knowledge of everything, yeah, right? Yeah. Because if you follow a rapper or you follow your favorite celebrity and they tell you to do something, you jumped out there and do it and don't know what you're talking That's about, you get got. You know what I mean? So that yeah. scares me a little bit when somebody just says, go buy <laughs> cryptocurrency. You know what I mean? And then That's why like, I was laughing. Like... You know what I mean? It, it, that, that's scary. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. If you don't break down what to do, it can hurt rather than help. And, and you know what? And it, it's crazy that you say that and that's a valid point and that's why I think that I told you this on the phone. Um, the financial literacy people and the investors and the entrepreneurs, they have to be championed just like rappers mm -hmm. because you shouldn't really be getting yet. No disrespect to rappers, a lot of, you know, but nine times out of 10, you shouldn't be getting your financial advice from a rapper. That's right. Like we, But we hold them to such high regards that if they tell us to do something, we'll do it. But they're not really in a position to, to give that kind of advice because that's not really what they have been trained to do. Okay. So the entrepreneurs and the investors are going to be the new superstars they're going to be the new rock stars and they're going to be championed because i feel like during the pandemic our platform skyrocketed mm -hmm. and it's crazy because it's like at the beginning of march remember they said like if you wasn't an essential worker you couldn't go outside so i feel like we got deemed as essential workers not by the government by the people mm. because it's like when you down on your luck 
this matters. A lot of rappers had to cancel their shows. They wasn't getting no money because they realized that they wasn't essential. No disrespect, it's good entertainment, but that's not essential. Mm -hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like even when I look at your legacy, like I told you, I look at your legacy more so as a media mogul, mm -hmm. not not a radio personality. Like you know what I'm saying? I feel like Envy, when he's done, he's gonna be remembered more as a Don Peebles. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? A black Ooh. billionaire real estate developer. That's gonna be more he's impacting more people with real estate mm -hmm. than he is with playing music. No mm -hmm. disrespect to his music, twenty five years, but he probably tell you nobody's like they saying he changed his life because of he brought it home. So we have to really focus in on financial literacy and take it very serious and elevate those people because yeah. these are the leaders of this generation because I don't care how fast you can run, eventually you got to retire. Ain't nothing I'm saying? Yeah. That's real. But we can take, take advantage of our community and a lot of us, well, I ain't going to say a lot of us, but a lot of people do that. That's the only reason why I started doing the, uh, the seminars because I was looking at somebody that looked like me charging people 10000 for a seminar. And I'm like, you can't be for the people if you're charging people 10000 for that knowledge when they could take that 10000 and buy their first grip. Mm -hmm. And I hated that. And we just did that really to piss him off. And it just took off from there. Jesus that Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We lost <laughs> I mean, the truth, I just yeah. did it to piss him off and to get people to help. And then it just took off. I think yeah. what you bring up is a good point because there's a thin line between, in, in the financial literacy community, some people were saying, like, you should never charge. You should charge, whatever. Like, I personally feel like you, sh you could always be able to charge for your services. Because it's like when Nipsey Hussle put out $100 mixtape, he got championed. That's mm -hmm. right. And I love Nipsey, one of the biggest Nipsey fans in the, in the world. But, I mean, it's music at the end of the day, right? Yeah, not at first he didn't get championed, because I was a big Nip fan. I'm like, Nip, I ain't paying $100 for you. But, but, <laughs> I love but, you, but, no. but, you did, but you didn't bash him. Nah, nah, nah. No, yeah, you just, yeah, you just yeah, didn't yeah. buy it. Yeah. We got a university where we have 300 webinars for $500 for the entire year. That's reasonable. So, I feel like you can definitely charge for your expertise, because that's what books are, right? Yeah. But it has to be done tastefully, and you have to make sure that you add value. And, 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 and stop, stop discounting the value of black entrepreneurs, because we do that all the time. Mm -hmm. And we're like, people say, like, we want discounts and all that. It's like, if somebody put together a seminar and, like, stop, no, stop doing that. Stop trying to get in for free. Stop trying to, if, you, if you're going to go, go. Support and learn something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. we got no problem going to these state schools and paying $40,000 for student loans, and you can't even get a job. Our we, most talented, we, we try to give our least talent, too. Right, so like when that entrepreneur is done. Mm, say that again, brother Troy. That would work. <laughs> say that again. Repeat our, that. Our most talented, we tend to give our least talented too. Right, mm. so it's like your cousin who just came home from jail. Yo, he need a job. Can can you hire him? Right, but that wouldn't be the same pr case if he went to a five star restaurant. You'd be saying, look, are you Michelin certified? Right, so we got like what Shai said. We got to hoard around our talent and make sure they make it. But we got to keep right. teaching out. You know, teaching the youth, and even when it's difficult. I never told the story, so. They stole my car a couple of months ago, right? Which one? <laughs> the, Ro the Rolls truck. They stole Ooh, my Rolls oh, truck. Damn. Ooh, color. Color. And um, the young the young kids that stole it was like 15, 16, 17, right? Yeah. Small world got back to me. And um, I was upset. But my whole concern was, you guys are stealing these cars, making this money, right? When does it stop? Take this money and let me show you how to make money off of this money. Because mm. you're going you're gonna to around and going to rob the wrong person. And they're gonna kill you. You're gonna go to jail forever. So let me show you how to make money with this. And that's the conversation I'm trying to have with these youth. These kids don't have nothing. nothing. They f up. No what if you would have said, I was about to flip this money as soon as I sold your truck? This is the truck I needed. <laughs> nah, nah. Every, this is the truck, truck I, I needed to get that I money. And they pulled a frame wife. Like, Bobby, come here, man. Let me get your job. But, no, but that's what it was. And I was yeah. like, let me teach y'all how to make money. Like, you, you know, you, you're robbing us, you're taking cars, you're making, what, $10,000? $10, 
Let me show you how to take this $10,000 buy a property. So to Envy's point, what is the smartest investment for a beginner? Is it real estate? Is it stocks? I mean, like what is it? Envy might might be different, but for me, stocks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's always been my love. That's been my passion. I feel like you can invest in stocks for $500, $300. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the easiest way to go about it. And it's like a lot of times people was like, it's like double dutch. Which stock to buy? But you can, it's a thing called ETFs, exchange traded funds, which is kind of like a basket of stocks. So like in one ETF, QQQ, right? They have Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Tesla, Facebook, Google, Nvidia, PayPal, Adobe, all in one. I think it's like three hundred and like twenty dollars, something like that, right now for for one share of QQQ. Mm-hmm. So you can literally just invest in that, and you got all of those companies. And the great thing with the stock market is that you actually are investing in actual real companies. Like I love crypto, but let's be honest: if cryptocurrency disappeared today, life would not change at all. If the stock market disappeared, we're in trouble. Big trouble. Because that's every company. Mm-hmm. That's all of these Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon. Like, if all of those companies went away overnight, we'd be on some I am legend type vibe. So, mm-hmm. for me, I, I think I think stocks is the yeah. easiest way to go about it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the ETF route is, is super powerful because we like to frame things in the term of sports. And so, if you ever think of the all-star team, we like to break it down like that. You got LeBron James. That's comparable to Apple. And you got the Western Conference All-Stars, right? LeBron's on this team, right? So Apple's inside of QQQ. If LeBron has a bad night, this singular stock, like that Apple, that's going to go down, right? But if LeBron has a bad night, you still got AD on the team, right? You still had uh, Steph Curry on the team. They can carry us. And so when he's saying the ETF, it, it leaves the amount of risk that you would have if you had a singular stock. Most people try to figure out what should I invest in. The these things look around you. You have an iPhone? Yeah. You use Microsoft? Yeah. Don't complicate it. Don't complicate so, it. You pay Verizon every month? Yeah. It's there, right? You all, all you got, do you shop on Amazon? Have you been buying from Wayfair and going to Home Depot during the pandemic? Those are all companies that you can own. So we're always taught to be consumers rather than investors. And so we got to, that's, that's what, what we're doing is like ch- changing that mindset. It starts with the mindset, right? It could be, you could say real estate is, is the best way. We could say socks, but first is the mindset. All right, when we come back, we got more with Rashad Bilal and Troy Milling. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What's the difference between an ETF and an S&P 500? So that's an index fund. So you've been doing your research, huh? Yeah. So an <laughs> index is the S&P 500, Standard & Poor's 500. So when they say like the market is up, the market is mm-hmm. down, they're not talking about every single stock on the market. They're talking about either the Dow Jones or the S&P 500, maybe the Russell 2000. So the S&P 500 is 500 companies, like a microcosm of the market. So they got some consumer discretion, some tech, some auto, and they, and they, and they come all together for 500. So you can also, that's another way to go as well. That's more broad range. Mm-hmm. So that's like all different areas. Mm-hmm. The ETF is just one particular area. So like this marijuana ETF. So mm-hmm. like YOLO, MJ, um, Canopy Grow, Canopy Grow. All of those stocks are in like a marijuana ETF. So the index is like buying a whole grocery store. The ETF is like buying one owl yeah. in the grocery store. Yeah, because I thought I was doing something. I was talking to Rashad because you know, my, my financial guy, salute to my dude Humble. You know, during the pandemic, he told me to you know buy. A certain amount of stock, right? So I bought it, and you know, then some months later, you see an extra hundred and twenty grand, and you like, oh shoot! So I was like, yeah, but you could have made. Something. I'm like, what? <laughs> we, got, we got we got to talk after this. Yeah, but, but that's the truth, and that's what we do a lot of times. Like a lot of those people, they put millions into into that thing, but we put a couple of hundred thousand or a couple of thousand in there, and you know, we walk away like somebody told me the other day. She was like, yeah, I put three hundred into it, and they made fifteen hundred, and I'm like, that's great. 
But now, you know, you got to think about this match if we put, you know, three million into it. You know what I mean? Break down the difference, Rashad, between stock options and the S&P 500. Oh, that's what everybody wants to know. Yeah, everybody wants to know about them options. So stock is like when you buy ownership of a company, you know, so it's like you buy one share. Um, Options is you're you're never really owning the stock, but you're, you're buying a contract where you have a future price. So the price point, like let's say Apple is $100, right? And you buying an option for let's say January 22, uh, 20, 2022, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like a year in advance. So I'm buying a hundred and twenty dollar option. So I'm buying it with the anticipation that it's going to go up. Right. Yeah. So it's like you're you're, you're planning in the head. Mm-hmm. That's what's called a call. A put is when you do on the on the reverse side. So a put is like okay, it's a hundred dollars, but I'm buying an eighty dollar put. Meaning, I think the stock is going to go down. So the stock doesn't actually ever have to reach what we call the strike price, mm-hmm. the call or the put to actually make money. It just has to trend in that direction. Mm-hmm. This is what happened with the GameStop situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stock options is something that's really popular now because it's like the potential for gains. Like a regular stock, you can make 10%. Like let's say it went from 100 to 10 to 110, you made 10%. But that same 100 to 110 with the stock options, you could potentially make 100%. Yeah. Because you want to yeah, so they're, they're, when you when you're buying a, a stock option, it has a a bid and an ask, right? So the the ask won't be the stock price. So if Apple was 100, the bid might be let's say two dollars, right? If that two dollars when the stock goes up to 110 mm-hmm. or 120, if that two dollar bid now turns into ten dollars, you done made 800 percent. 700% almost, right, on something, just a trend. So that's what people got to really understand. It's really about the trend. If it trends up, you're going to make money. If it trends down, you, you're you going to lose money based on what you put, a call or a put. Talk to us about Bitcoin, because I don't get it. <laughs> Bitcoin, Bitcoin. I don't get it that's at the, all. That's the big. What don't you get about it? Is it worth investing? Because it feels like it's not anything right now. <laughs> Bitcoin is not really a currency. It's more of a store of value, similar mm-hmm. to gold. That's why they call it digital gold. Mm-hmm. This is my personal opinion. Bitcoin's here to stay. It's here to stay mm-hmm. because it's like, it's indestructible. We saw it was at $3,000 in March. It's at $50,000 right now. So it's been through ups and downs. It's crashed. Governments tried to stop it. And what really solidified it for me is when you see all the institutional money going. And currency is already kind of like digital, if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Only 18% of actual money in, in circulation is physical money. Mm-hmm. It's either debit cards, credit cards, PayPal, Cash App. So the idea is not that foreign. Um, as far as cryptocurrency. Now, is use case still has to be worked out because if I'm not paying for something with Bitcoin because it's an investment, why would I pay you for something when I think it's going to go up? So that still has to kind of yeah. be figured out. Like, what is it actually going to be? Is it ever going to actually be used as currency or is it just going to be the new gold? Yeah, I, I, don't, mm. I don't think Bitcoin itself will be the currency coin. I think something like XRP um, has a better chance like a ripple has a better chance just because of like you said institutional money being behind it and its functionality its functionality is to make transactions quicker right we always give that example but even xrp is still not stable it's still a stable coin what mark zuckerberg could have did was literally taken over the world and they stopped him because it's like when facebook put that coin out they i don't know libra Mm-hmm. You heard that before? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was a, it was I remember a sta- the currency coin. I it was, was, was going to be a stable coin. Stable coin is like it doesn't move. Right. So that's perfect for currency because it's the same. So you got to realize Facebook has over a billion users, right? So imagine if they they, they was going to put out their own native stable coin and then you have products. They overnight are Amazon. 
And they're the biggest country in the world at that point. Like China, they, they rival in China with their own currency. Imagine if one platform has 1.2 billion users with their own currency. That's crazy. They done locked Mark Zuckerberg under the jail. Well, they done found a they, reason. They stopped it. Exactly. They found some reason to lock his ass. They treated him like Gaddafi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. They stopped him. They stopped him. <laughs> well, give, give everybody your information so they can uh, make sure they following you and getting up on, on everything that's new. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Earn your leisure across all social media platforms. Shout out to See the God. Definitely partnered on the uh, iHeart Black, situation. Yeah, yeah. Black Black Effect. Effect. Network. We haven't even announced that yet. I wanted to do it on, on here on your platform. So, yeah, check us out on uh, all podcast streaming services. Um, but let me say the two before we leave. Um, your reputation precedes itself. At literally, from Wallow to Mandy to Chad, I never heard anybody that said anything bad about you. Everybody said the same thing. Yo, you're a stand-up dude. And when I spoke to you, it was like I knew you for 20 years. Like, you're just a real humble dude. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that, that man. And you're asking the wrong people. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and also, I would be remiss if we didn't thank Envy as well because he was the first celebrity. Like, we've had Shaq, we've had Mark Cuban, but he, he got the ball rolling for that. And he was a man of his word. Um, that was Troy, a moment. Troy, Troy met him up in Dykeman. He said he was going to do it. And a week later, a lot of times people will, like, spin you Give you assistance He's looking and all like, that. For real? This nigga really Dominican. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> it was a, but, <laughs> did I have white jeans on? <laughs> nah, you didn't have white jeans. But it was a moment. It was like those like when people say just be in the room, just be in the room. It was or, crazy. We were doing an um I had a program go to Foot Locker, uh just as a tour my wife was working there at the time. And um some of the guys that recognized me from the podcast, they were like, We're having this event, we're opening a store in, in Washington Heights. Mm -hmm. Listen, Envy's gonna be there, you should show up. I'm like, all right. I wanted that. Yeah, let's let's go. And so I went up to him after he was sitting down for a while. I'm like, hey. And he was like, I know who you guys are. Yeah. I said, we would love to have you on. He was like, let's do it. Give Matt, have Matt hit it up and we'll set it up. A week later, we got it done. And I'm like, yeah, that was so stand up because, again, the first guy, we had interviewed a lot of people, but that was the first person that was like, celebrity that we had on the show and it was a big moment for us so again yeah. appreciate you bro yeah. well, I got two things I want to do before we get out of here I want to shout out uh, since we talking about Don Peoples and other people because I know they're going to be googling Don Peoples got to shout out Cheryl McKissack Cheryl McKissack Daniels she's the CEO and president of McKissick and McKissick is the oldest black owned and female run construction company in the United States and a couple years ago they had got a uh, the contract to do the new construction at LaGuardia and the new Terminal 1 at JFK. Mm. So just just shouting out people Absolutely. who, you know. Shout out to her. Oh, I got, I got one more question. And I'm not even, I just want to hear what y'all answers are. I'm not even going to reply to it. Can black compassionate capitalism save the black community? Um, Compassionate capitalism. I like how you put That's that. Good. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it could definitely help. Change. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that when you say save the community, that's a, that's a broad statement, but it definitely can help. Economic empowerment is the most important that's thing, it. in my opinion, and that's something that we never fully understood or figured it out. And even like Martin Luther King's, um, he didn't get killed because he had a dream. He got killed because he woke up that's and right. he saw, you know, how disenfranchised his last couple of years. That was his main thing: economic, economic empowerment, empowerment yep. the poor people's um, movement. Movement, and so. This is something that we never have. We still don't have to this day an economic structure in place. I mean, capitalism is where we're at right now. So this is the game that we're in as American citizens. Yeah, I feel like we're the living embodiment, everybody in this room, right? What you're doing as an entrepreneur, what you're doing as an entrepreneur, even what uh, Angela E's doing as an entrepreneur, we're the living embodiment of that dream of economic empowerment. And like you said, a lot of people, a lot of communities are able to change things, policies, because they have the capital to sway. Right, they can have the capitals. If we don't have the capital, we have to live with the conditions that they've given us. And so, 
the economic empowerment, but also the mindset too. We got to have those two things. I don't know if we, it saves, but it starts the conversation of drastic change. Damn. Rashad and Trey, we need y'all, man. Two of the most important oh, voices man. we got in our culture for real, man. Appreciate Thank y'all so much we for need stopping this information. Through, man, appreciate and continue to, and to teach this youth, man. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate you. Thank you. Right. Thank you for having us. Earn your leisure. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, yeah. Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. Again, shout out to the uh, the brothers of Earn Your Leisure. Yeah, Rashad and Troy, you can now listen mm-hmm. to the Earn Your Leisure podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network, available everywhere you listen to podcasts. And it was confirmed this morning that DJ Envy is indeed Dominican. Because if you live in the tri-state area, you heard uh, the Earn Your Leisure say they spotted DJ Envy in Dykeman. Yeah, was That's actually, where all the Dominicans hang out. That is true. That was at a Foot Locker up there doing an event with Foot Locker. So. You ain't seen nothing about an event. That's what he said. He they said he was out there playing handball. And <laughs> yeah, they said, <laughs> That's what they said. They said I had white they jeans on. out there with white jeans on and a New York Jets jersey playing handball. That's what the streets say. We heard it just now. Oh, my God. I would have had a Giants jersey on. But anyway, let's get to the rumors, man. Let's talk uh, Diamond. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Oh. On the Breakfast Club. Well, when an album goes diamond, that means it has sold more than 10 million units. And another hip-hop artist has just gone diamond. To be clear, not a lot of albums go diamond. MC Hammer's Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him went diamond. Uh, Tupac's Greatest Hits, Eminem's The Eminem Show. B.I.G.'s uh, Life After Death, Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP. Tupac's All Eyes On Me. Nelly. Outkast. Speaker box, the love below, uh, Nelly, and Nelly. now here's a new album that has joined the club. Who? Lauren Hill, the Miseducation really? of Lauren Hill, oh, has wow. just gone diamond. Drop on the clues bombs for Lauren Hill. Miseducation of Lauren Hill is a classic, classic album. That One of my record. favorite albums of all time. That is a classic. It came back. It came out back in 1998. Wow. Yeah, I hate the song X Factor to this day. I love that song because when my mom was um, going through. Her divorce from my dad. She used to listen to that song over and over and over and over. And I used to think that I was like, "Oh, mom's cool as hell. She's listening to Lauryn Hill." But no, she was listening to that song because she was in pain. And you know a song I love on that album too. Nothing even matters with D'Angelo. It has my joint also. Great. But album. congratulations to Lauryn Hill for going diamond. Nice. That's huge. The album is so great. She never had to put out another one. Yeah, well, you know, she went through a lot. <laughs> so, and she's still been touring, obviously not during the pandemic, but before that. So, yeah, again, much love to, to Lauren Hill to put out that one album that went diamond and be uh, considered to be one of the greatest hip hop uh, artists ever. That shows you, know, you that's how great that is. Yeah. You know, uh, what's the name just went diamond too, but it was for his single, uh, Fetty Wap. That don't count. No, it does count. It's <laughs> not the same as an album. But yeah, no, but it's <laughs> it does count. Shout out to Fetty Wap. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, says he would consider a presidential run. He did an interview with USA Today. He was promoting his sitcom, Young Rock. Did y'all watch that? No. All right. Well, here's what he had to say about seriously considering it. I would consider a presidential run in the future if that's what the people wanted. Truly, I I mean that um, and not flippant in any way with my answer. That would be up to the people. And I take a lot of pride in servicing the audience and the consumer and people um, in a varying uh, a variety of different ways. So I would wait and I would listen. I would have my finger on the pulse and my ear to the ground. Rock, consider me the people. That's not what we want, sir. 
Okay, not at all. The Rock is an amazing entertainer, but we don't need any more celebrity and chiefs. Wasn't you the same guy that was running with Kanye West? Boy, shut up. I'm down to smell everything The Rock is cooking but that. Someone should say to The Rock. Someone should say to The Rock right now, you want to run for president? It doesn't matter if you want to run for president. We don't need no more celebrity and chiefs. Well, he's been saying this. Okay. I don't mean it's a good idea. Back in 2017, he even said that on the Ellen DeGeneres show that he was considering it seriously. That's because the bar. That's because Donald Trump made the bar so low it made anybody feel like they could do it. We don't need no more celebrity in chiefs. Did we not learn that from the past four years? I think he could do better than Trump, though. Man, stop it. No. Now, The Rock also told The Sun, he said, my life was incredibly complicated and it was incredibly tough growing up. 13 is when I started to bear off the, the tracks. I started getting arrested for fighting, theft, all kinds of stupid stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. We would target the money. We would target high-end clothes and we would target jewelry, turn around and sell it. Wow. That's mm-hmm. on the TV show? You know, I haven't seen... Now, see, if he's doing mean, that on the it's show, supposed I'm to be, Yeah, it's, it's supposed wow. to be about him... You know, turning his life around. And he said he was a kid that had some anger issues and thought he was really cool. He was arrested eight or nine times for theft, fraud, and fighting. Yeah. By I'm, the time listen, he was seven by the time he was seventeen. I've always loved the rock as a heel. Okay? I'm here for young rock the crook. <laughs> nah, that's great. All right, well, he's that is honest. your rumor report. I mean, I love that because he's being honest. He's telling kids he can turn his life around. I love that. But now Charlemagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Listen, man, um, speaking of turning your life around, this person I'm about to talk to has not done that. The first person I'm about to talk about has not done that. Uh, it's a man named Joe Davis who needs to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. He has a, uh, a restaurant in Florida right now. I'll tell you all about it for after that. Hour. My goodness. All right, we'll get to that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. You make sure you tell him to watch out for Florida, man. Florida, man. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Yes, you are a donkey. A Florida man attacked an ATM for a very strange reason. It gave him too much money. Florida man is arrested after deputies say he rigged the door to his home in an attempt to electrocute his pregnant wife. Police arrested an Orlando man for attacking a flamingo. Breakfast club, bitches. Donkey of the day. With Charlamagne the God. I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all like this. Well, donkey of the day for Wednesday, February 17th goes to a Florida man named Joseph Davis. Now, what does your Uncle Charla always say about the great state of Florida? The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida, and today is no exception. Now, if you know Joseph Davis, or Joseph, you are somewhere and you can hear my voice, just know that police have a warrant out for your arrest. I'm sure you know this already, and I hate to make you hot, but it is what it is, okay? Your life, our entertainment. Now, who out there is a re-gifter? Raise your hand. I am. I get so many things uh, that I'm appreciative of. People send me stuff all the time, clothes, sneakers, you know, liquor, games, all types of stuff. And I'm the type, I'm appreciative of it all. So, you know, I I, 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 I thank you, but I don't need a lot. So I usually end up just giving away a lot of this stuff. For anyone who has ever sent me anything, don't take that personal. It makes my day to be able to make someone else's day uh, with a gift you gave me. So please continue to send me things to re-gift. Now, that's how I re-gift. But in Florida, they clearly re-gift different. See, in Florida, what someone re-gifts doesn't even have to be a gift they personally received. It just has to be a gift they acquired. Oh, trust me, many a child's life in Florida has been made better by stolen goods at Christmas. And I'm not here to knock your hustle. But oftentimes, it's not how you steal, it's what you steal. Okay, all stealing is not created equal. And 48-year-old Joseph Davis proved that. Now, follow me here. Okay, it gets a little complicated, just a tad bit. See, the reason Joseph Davis is getting donkey of the day today is because he stole an engagement ring 
and wedding bands from his girlfriend in Orange City and used them to propose to his other girlfriend in Orlando. What the Florida is going on here? Did you hear what I said? I said Joseph Davis, 48 years old, is getting the biggest hee-haw because he stole an engagement ring and wedding bands from his girlfriend in Orange City and used them to propose to his other girlfriend in Orlando. Let me give you details. See, police started investigating Joseph when a woman from Orange City, Florida, told detectives she had discovered her boyfriend was actually engaged to someone else. <gasps> when she looked up the fiancé's Facebook page, she noticed a photo of her wearing a wedding band and engagement ring that was identical to her own. I've seen that before, okay? It was her in wedding band and engagement ring from a previous marriage. When the Orange City woman checked her jewelry box, she found her rings were missing, as were several other pieces of jewelry, including a diamond ring that belonged to her grandmother. The total value of the stolen property, $6,270. The look on the fiance's face when she finds out how Joseph acquired this jewelry, priceless. Oh, you know Orange City reached out to Orlando. Girlfriend reached out to fiance, or should I say Joe's ex-girlfriend and ex-fiance. Oh, yeah, they both unfollowed him in real life, as they should after this debacle. She reached out, and according to sheriff reports, the now ex-fiance bought back some of the items, not all. Now, let's take a break right here for a second. What did you like that much that you couldn't give all of her property back, just some the ex-fiance from Orlando is claiming she was duped, so I guess she needed to keep a little something for her pain and suffering. But it's not yours. Only in Florida can someone have access to your stolen goods and tell you they're going to give you some back. Now, this story also proves that being an F-boy is a choice. You have to make constant, intentional choices in order to maintain the level of F-boyism Joe has achieved. Now, keep in mind, he's 48. You know, so there's no such thing as growing out of F-boyism, okay? He goes by different names like Joe Brown and Marcus Brown. If you're telling women different names, absolutely F-boy behavior. Joe once took the fiancé, listen to this, Joe once took the fiancé to a house that actually belonged to his girlfriend from Orange City while the girlfriend was at work, and Joe claimed the house was his. He then asked the fiancé to move in with him, but then disappeared. Now, this is where I get confused because the story says by that time, the fiancé discovered her laptop and jewelry were missing. So I don't know if he stole from the fiancé, too. I don't know. I just know Joe's an F-boy. And my issue is this. If you don't plan to be with any of these women, why are you stealing jewelry from one to propose to the other if you don't plan on being with them? You stole her grandmother's diamond ring to give to another woman and you don't plan on being with any of them? And you're giving them other names? What's the point? Now, the story gets better. Neither the ex-girlfriend or ex-fiance knew Joe's real name. But they put their brains together, those two Florida brains, and remembered he had a relative in North Carolina. So detectives were able to track down the relative who identified Joe Davis. I'm going to be honest with you. Joe Davis kind of a legend. Give him a half a bomb. Just a half a bomb. Half. Stop. Okay? He's kind of a legend. First ballot F-boy Hall of Famer. And you have to let a legend be a legend, even if the legend is an F-boy. Joe Davis not only has an active warrant for stealing jewelry from his girlfriend and using it to propose to his other girlfriend, but Joe also has an active arrest warrant for a hit-and-run crash with injuries in Oregon. Oh, my God. And previously, he's been arrested for possession of a fake ID, filing a false police report, 
Domestic assault and possession of cocaine. Okay, I take back my legendary status. He's not a legend. He's just an F-boy. Okay. He had possession of cocaine with intent to sell. And according to the sheriff's office, the jail where Davis previously was booked noted he had a tattoo on his left arm that said, only God can judge me. The devil and that tattoo is a damn liar. Because, mm, as I sip my Starbucks, because only God can judge you is not true. We are all judging you right now. Are you judging him, Envy? Yes. Angela E., are you judging him? Yes. Dramos, are you judging him? Yes. Yes. So that's a lie when you say only God can judge you. See, even when people say only God can judge you, I say to them, well, God created man and woman in his image according to his likeness. And we are that image and likeness of God. Therefore, we too shall judge and we too shall be the jury. And the jury has declared Joe Davis of Florida guilty of being a grade A certified F-boy. Please give Joseph Davis of Volusia County the biggest he are. Um, oh, I guess there's nothing left to do other than play a game of Guess What Race It Is! All right, Joseph Davis, 48 years old of Florida, stole a wedding band and engagement ring from one girlfriend to propose to another girlfriend and had a tattoo on his arm that said, only God can judge me. Angela Yee, Guess What Race It Is! I don't like to be stereotypical, but it definitely sounds like something a black man would do. Sorry. Ex explain. Explain. Wow. Explain. Damn, why? Damn. <laughs> explain. Why? Well, the tattoo. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people oh, I know have the that Bible. tattoo. The Bible is, that, is the Bible. That particular tattoo, I think, is a favorite. No, that's us. a line from the Bible. That's actually <laughs> black with white paper. So it's bipartisan. I don't even know that. We're talking about, a ta we're talking about tattoos okay. here. You know, everybody okay. doesn't get Bible verses tattooed on them, specific ones. And mm. um, <laughs> it feels like I know people who have done things like this. Mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, DJ Envy, Joseph Davis of Alicia County, Florida, uh, stole a wedding band and engagement ring from one girlfriend to propose to another girlfriend. Has a tattoo on his arm that says, only God can judge me. DJ Envy, guess what race he is? So, Yee, just because he has a tattoo means he's black? I mean, no, not not as that particular tattoo from Tupac. All right. I think a lot of people after Tupac got only God can That's judge the Bible. me tattooed. All right. Well, I say black too. It's a Tupac verse. <laughs> FYI. I say black. I'm in agreement with you. It's a Tupac verse, but it's in the Bible. So you think he's black too? Yeah. Y'all have absolutely, positively no faith in your people. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Joseph Davis is absolutely a Negro. See, I know. Okay. <laughs> I tried, yeah, to, I, I tried to say maybe, you know, somebody else had that tattoo. But You, you still know. ain't got no faith in your people, even though you're right. I'm right, though. We right. And I didn't too. even know that was a Bible verse. I thought it was a Tupac song. Only God can judge me? I don't know. It might, <laughs> it might be in the Bible. I, know I just Tupac, didn't know. I know so Tupac, you don't even know if that's in the Bible? I know Tupac better than I know the Bible. I thought it was in the Bible, though. <laughs> Hold on, let I me think see. the Bible said, judge not lest ye be judged or something like that. But I, I don't think, think it says, it only from. God can judge me. Tupac All right, well, it's not only God can judge me then. Well, I just Googled, what does the Bible... No, I Googled only God can... Oh, I, I Googled God, only God. God can judge me in the God. Bible, and it says, as to the phrase, only God can judge me, there's a particular verse that confirms that assertion. And yes, it is Matthew uh, 7, 1 through 29, that judge not that you not be judged. All okay, right. exactly. So it's not only God can judge me. It's just oh, no, it's a actually phrase. James 4. It's actually in the Bible a couple of times. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're black. I, I don't know. He's black, guys. 
All right. Thank you. Only one lawgiver and judge. He All right. Thank you for that, Donkey. Up next, ask me. Who are you to judge your 800 585 And I just judged my neighbor. 1051. If you got questions for Yee, call her right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Yee. Keep the bread. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Kevin. Kevin, what's up, man? What's your question for Yee? Hello? Yeah, what's your question for Yee? Wait, slow down, slow down, slow down. You said you've been with your baby mom for 10 years? Yeah, over 10 years. Okay. Fell apart, and now we're trying to get back together. We're on good terms, but now she's talking about I can't have sexual marriage. Okay, so are you going to marry her? I mean, I'm working on it, but in the meantime, a man got his needs. So what you want me to do in the meantime? Wait for marriage? I have. I uh, yeah, I mean, look, if her rule is now I'm not getting with you until marriage, you have to respect that. And either you are going to wait and show her that you really want to be with her, because it sounds to me like she's saying we've been together over 10 years. I'm not just playing games no more. If I don't get that commitment, then you don't get this box. Damn, but you've been doing this forever, though, so I'm not going to like that. Your fo- sir, your phone sounds terrible. Can you pick it up or something? Oh, that's my phone. I said, but we've been uh, we've been doing stuff for so long. It's kind of hard to just adjust that quickly, you know. I mean, it is what it is. You can either get all the way in or get all the way out, and that's yeah. you know that's her giving you an ultimatum and saying, "I don't want to play these games." It's been over ten years. Either you want to be with her or you don't. Why did y'all break up? Uh, all types of mess. You know, we was young. We went okay. through it. We went through it all. Well. Know. I'm going to just give you some advice. If you don't want to be with that woman or if you feel like if I can't have sex with her, I can't wait until marriage to to be with the person that, you know, I don't know if you love her or not or what the situation is, then just be honest and just say, look, that's not what I'm trying to do in my life right now. But she's trying to see if you're serious about it. And if she made a decision about her body and what she wants to do, you have to respect that. And I think pressuring somebody or, you know, just saying, all right, well, I'll just sleep with other people. You know, if I was her, that make me be like, okay, he's not the one. Okay, I understand. Maybe I need to just wait a little bit longer. I need to just. Yeah, or propose. It's up to you. All right, all right, appreciate it. <laughs> all right, you didn't, it didn't sound like an answer you wanted to hear, but okay. All right, thank you. <laughs> he sounds so depressed. All right, ask ye eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need relationship advice, hit her now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's up? What's your question this morning? Uh, my question is basically like I work physical labor, and my my wife works from home, so I just be I I, I come home tired. And I'd be wondering, like, how am I supposed to explain to her? Because, like, she, she catches attitudes because I come home sleeping. I work, you know, from 6 to, to round 2 or 3 physical labor. But, you know, she, she doesn't understand why I'm, why I'm tired. How, how do I get her to understand that? Uh, maybe you guys need to set a schedule for when you sleep so that – because I, I do think it's important because those are different types of hours. So if you know when you're supposed to go to sleep, you know, so she knows that's the period of time when uh, you just are going to need your time and space. 
I think that's important to establish that so she knows what's going on. What time does she finish working from home? Uh, usually she gets off around like four or five. Okay. Because here's the other thing. She just probably has been in the house all day, which is, um, I know it's different, but that's also like she's probably dying to see you when you come home. Yeah, I, I understand that part. But it's just like... It usually is because it's like some things like she wants me to do like some little stuff around the house. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll do it. But just give me a second. Mm -hmm. Then she'll okay. say I'm, pro I'm a procrastinator. Like, <clears throat> I think I think I that's do. fair. I think I think you should say when I come home, I need two hours to just kind of like get myself back together, sit down, relax, eat, watch TV, whatever it is. And then from this time to this time, I'll dedicate to helping you out around the house. Yeah. Yeah, just man, get a get a schedule it. going so she knows she knows that you are going to do it she knows this is the time that you're going to do it but let's put ourselves on a schedule let's plan everything out like that so that you feel like okay this is my time and this is your time you know because sometimes we schedule what time we go to work we need to schedule other things in our lives too that are important yeah i ain't never really thought about doing it like that you know I appreciate mm -hmm. it, man, because I definitely, I definitely, I, I love it, you know what I'm saying? I don't want no problem yeah. with it. I just, I just, I ain't know how to approach it because it's like, man, I, I'm tired when I get off. I'm up under these people's houses all day, so. Right. You know. And give yourself 30 minutes of cuddle time, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's mandatory. <laughs> real, man. He better stay real for the longest. I appreciate you, King. I don't know no other way to be, brother. Yeah, man. I know they be getting you a hard time. They hate on you, man. But they don't like real soldiers, man. They never did. I appreciate that, King. Thank you, brother. No pressure, man. No pressure. Well, all right, y'all, man. I appreciate that. All right, thank that. you. Good luck. Ask you. 800-585-1051. Yeah, you got rooms on the way? Yes, and let's talk about, since we're doing milestones today, we talked about Lauren Hill's miseducation going diamond. Well, now let's talk about another a superstar who has a brand that is now worth $1 billion. All right, we'll get into it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Yes, so congratulations to Rihanna. Her Savage Fenty lingerie brand is now worth $1 billion. So congratulations to her. That is really dope. Damn, and that's not even the makeup, right? Because the makeup's like... No, that is a lingerie line. Yeah, mm -hmm. the makeup's damn near $4 billion already. So drop on the clues bombs for Rihanna for having another billion dollar business. That's crazy. I think I read yesterday, too, that LeBron, LeBron's going to pass a billion this year, too, in career earnings. Now, if you're Rihanna, would you ever do another album? No. <laughs> if she wants to? If I, yeah, if I wanted to, but no. For what? That's why that, 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 by the way, that's why Rihanna not in a rush to give y'all no music. No. Rihanna got two billion dollar companies, multi-billion dollar companies. Music, please. You peasants will wait. Yeah, she got to run those But companies. she does still go in the studio and work, so we don't know what she's plotting on. But <laughs> people do music. A lot of people do it because they love it, too. She you might peasants, love doing music. You peasants shall wait. Okay, while you wear mm -hmm. my makeup and wear my panties. Are you wearing her panties? I would definitely wear Rihanna's panties with no problem. Meaning I'd support black business. <laughs> <laughs> that was really <laughs> creepy and weird. You would, I would support All right. black business. No, you said you would wear it. There's a difference. That's what I mean. I support black business. Nope. I support black business. You said you would wear panties. I support yeah, black business. Now, Dropping the clues bomb okay. for Rihanna Savage Fenty. What's it called? You know what it's called. You just said it. Okay, Savage Fenty. <laughs> I support black business. What's your color? Red, pink, or black? I would wear black. We have more colors than that, sir. But okay. I would wear black. He asked me what I would wear. I wear black. 
All right, I was talking to Envy. Uh, Sama Hayek oh, yeah. just Envy recently did an interview with Armchair Expert. And one thing she talked about was being afraid in her 20s to film a sex scene in Desperado. Here's what she said happened. When we were going to start shooting, I started to sob. I said, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And the, one of the things I was afraid was Antonio because he was an absolute gentleman and super nice and we're still very close friends. But he was very free. So it scared me that for him it was like nothing. And yeah. that scared me because I've never been in front of someone like that. Yeah. In that situation where it's like, okay, what are we doing? And I started crying and he's like, oh my God, you're making me feel terrible. She said she didn't even know there was a love scene until production started in the movie. And so this was, you know, her first time having to do something like that. And she was afraid. Who was she in the scene with? It's Antonio Banderas. Oh, okay. But she said he was an absolute gentleman and they're still super close friends, but she just said she wouldn't let go of the towel that was around her and she just started crying and he felt terrible about it, but, it, you know, she was acting. And I can imagine that could be difficult when you didn't expect that and then it's your first love scene and yeah. it's just like exposing yourself like that. It was hard. I, I never saw that movie, Dramos. That's a big movie on Oh, it's a good, it's a really good it's movie. It's a classic and for everybody, it's a not classic, just Latinos. Yeah. All right. Never saw it. Oh, you got to watch it. That came out in 1995, but I think it's still always on cable now. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it. I'm too busy watching Boys in the Hood. It's like a Western. Society, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Coming to America. I mean, he hasn't even seen. What's the, he hasn't seen what movie he ever seen? Lion King. So. What movie have I not seen? Lion King. Oh, The Lion King? I went to the, play, the Broadway play, now? though. You seen Brokeback Mountain? You seen Mountain, that one, though. He seen that one. Probably not for you. Wow. <laughs> what is Despacito, then? Desperado is the name of the I know, movie. Despacito is a song. That's a song. song man. Oh, that's a song. Okay. I'm just trying to be hip on my Latin culture. That's <laughs> all. Don't school me, drama. Get out of here, bro. We don't all want right. You. And Kiki, <laughs> Kiki Palmer. We don't want you. <laughs> all right. Now, Kiki Palmer is going to be starring in Jordan Peele's new movie. Also, Daniel Kaluuya will be in it. And of course, he was in Get Out as well and starred in that. So it's going to be a, a horror film. And that's my favorite genre. So they said it'll be released in July, July 22nd next year. But there's no further details about the project so far. Okay. And Sierra is working on a top secret beauty brand also. Uh, she has said during an Instagram live session with the editor-in-chief of Allure, Michelle Lee, that she's been working on that skincare formula while she's been in, uh, sheltering in place during COVID. Everybody's working on some private things. And y'all just talked about coming to America. Well, Vanessa Bell Calloway recently did an interview with Page Six. Shout out to Tashara, who did this interview. And she talked about when she was auditioning, she said uh, she was, I guess, too dark to play the role that she really wanted to play that lead role, the lead woman. And she said, when you have white people hiring black people in movies, sometimes a certain look is wanted. I just wasn't light enough. Even though Eddie had the final say on who played Lisa... She said, that's something that we've always dealt with within our race. A lot of men were indoctrinated by having a white woman or a light-skinned woman on their arm. I didn't want the part of Imani. I wanted to be Lisa. I had read the script and I wanted the bigger role. In the end, she decided it was better for her to play a small role in an Eddie Murphy film than no role at all. By the way, it's a, it's a very memorable role, though. If you don't know who Vanessa Bell Calloway is, that's the one that was, you know, barking on, barking like and hopping on one dog, hopping on one leg yep. and barking like a dog. That's a very memorable role. Yeah, but she wanted that role, Elisa, and she took the role, and she is going to make a cameo yeah, she's in, the, in as well. the sequel, Coming to America. Yeah, she's in the new one. She's Wesley Snipes' sister. Sister. All right. Sister, yeah. All right, now, Dr. Dre, we touched on this a little bit yesterday as the show was ending. Uh, Monice, as you know, Monice was on Love & Hip Hop, and she confirmed that Dr. Dre was dating April. And now she says she's been getting all kinds of phone calls that she alleged is because of her revealing that news. Here's what she said. 
How dare you send a to bang my mother line and threaten me. I don't know you and you don't know me and I didn't say anything negative about you, sir. So don't you send another mother to this phone of mine to make one more threat. Yeah, Dr. Dre. And I recorded it. Wrong move, mother suck my you're done. You thought that aneurysm f***ed you up? I'm the aneurysm, bitch. Why is she blaming Dr. Dre for those phone calls, though? I don't know what the phone calls sound like, so but I don't know. Said, she said a producer called her to threaten her. I don't know how tape. she knows. But if, they, if they're if they not Dr. Dre, what does it matter, right? Yeah, that could be anybody. Like, anybody with her phone number. Like, people do stuff like that. Like, I'm, I'm it's just, I don't know. It's just whatever. We just don't know. All right, well, that is your rumor report. All right, um... All right. Well, thank you so much. For vo- we'll see you guys tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, Charlemagne, what are we doing for Black History Month? Listen, today we will honor a Black History Month legend. Uh, and this was absolutely a Black History Month moment. It came from Inetta, the mood setter. Inetta is absolutely, in my opinion, one of the freest radio personalities to ever live. One of the freest people to ever live, okay? We got to take it out of just radio because Inetta did what so many people want to do but are afraid to do. She didn't feel valued. She didn't feel loved. She didn't feel appreciated when she worked at 93BLX, the Gulf Coast, number one for hip-hop and R&B. So she decided to walk away in epic fashion. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Inetta. The motherfucking mood setter. The Breakfast Club presents a new Black History Month legend. I refuse to walk around with people that'll speak to you. Hey, Arnetta, how you doing? But then as soon as you walk by that bitch, I will not do it to myself anymore. So if you're confused about what I'm saying, listen very carefully. I quit this bitch. And that was another new Black History Month legend, courtesy of The Breakfast Club. Drop on the clues, Bond, find that. I respect it, man. Shout out to the legend, the net of the mood setter. When you are not happy, you walk away. I respect it. Always have, always will. And if I ever have to quit someplace where I'm not feeling the love, I hope to do it as big as I netted a mood setter. There you go. I netted a mood setter, big stepper, Sasquatch feet, Wendy Williams boots. I quit this bitch, goddammit. What's she doing now? I don't know. But salute to Annette of the Mood Center. Yeah, shout out to She's bringing us joy still. Absolutely. We still, we we get strength from her strength. That's right. We need to know her cash app. We need to put a load in her cash app. We do, man. I'm not going to lie. I think I follow her on Twitter. You do? do? Yeah. Find out her cash app. We need to put something in her little cash app. We're going to follow. We know we're going to have Annette on before the the month over. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, when we come back, positive notice to Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne. And for Annette the Mood Setter, I just want to give you her Twitter. Her Twitter is Mood Setter. M O O D S E T T A. Yep. All right. Now you got a positive note, Charlamagne. I do. First of all, I want to tell everybody: um, make sure you go to the Breakfast Club's YouTube page. Um, you know, we 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 back doing interviews in studio for the most part for people that want to pull up. Uh, so we have Earth Gang interview up there right now. Shout out to Earth Gang. And uh, my man Rashad and Troy from Earn Your Leisure, they was here this morning. So go to Breakfast Club Power 105.1, subscribe to our YouTube page, check out our latest content, okay? 
Okay, now the positive note is simply this. It comes from the great Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman once said, every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done?